My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Our Sunday School. If you got your teal books, we're on page 53 this morning, 5-3. And uh, I'm excited about today's lesson. It is... Uh, literally a transition piece of the text here as we move through Colossians. Uh, so let's go ahead and start as we do each week with uh, reading through Colossians chapter 1. So I'll read and you guys just feel free to listen uh, or if you want to read along you can do that as well. So Colossians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will and Timothy our brother to the saints in Christ at Colossae who are faithful brothers and sisters Grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints because of the hope reserved for you in heaven. You have already heard about this hope in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. It is bearing fruit and growing all over the world, just as it has among you since the day you heard it and came to truly appreciate God's grace. You learn this from Epaphras, our dearly loved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he has told us about your love in the Spirit. For this reason, also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for everything was created by him, in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds as expressed in your evil actions, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him, if indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard. This gospel has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and I, Paul, have become a servant of it. Now, I rejoice in my sufferings for you, and I am completing in my flesh what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for his body, that is, the church. I have become its servant, according to God's commission that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, 
warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. I labor for this, striving with his strength that works powerfully in me. For I want you to know how greatly I am struggling for you, for those in Laodicea, and for all who have not seen me in person. I want their hearts to be encouraged and joined together in love so that they may have all the riches of complete understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery, Christ. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Colossians chapter 1 and a little bit of 2 because I'm not cutting Paul off in the middle of a thought. It just sounds weird. So we're on page 53 in your teal books if you got them. And uh, I'm excited today because we, we you know, I, I talked last week a little bit about uh, this amazingly long sentence at the end of this pericope, right? That uh, I, I really have struggled getting a deep enough breath to read the entire sentence all the way through. Uh, but we left last week looking at, I've already lost it, Dave. There we go. See, I set it down and this is what happens. I set it down and this is what happens. So we're looking at uh, 12b to 14 today, Lord willing. Uh, so we're talking about the Father. So Paul has introduced himself. He's said, hey, to the Colossian church. He's told them and walked them through his prayer. Now this is the transition text from, that talks about the fa- God the Father, that we're about to walk into this extended uh, discourse about the Son. So this is kind of getting us to the, uh, to the uh, Paul losing his mind, as Brian says, about Jesus Christ. So who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light? He's rescued us from the domain of darkness, transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, and in him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. So that's the the text we'll be looking at today. So if you got at the bottom of page seven there, uh, giving thanks to the Father, giving thanks to the Father on page 53 there. We we really just kind of skimmed that last week. I didn't get to use the quote. Miss Sandra's not here this morning, but she sent me a beautiful quote uh, from Aiken and Pace, that thanksgiving is not simply a sentimental attitude of reflection, but an intentional act of obedience. And when we, when we approach thanksgiving, not as a, we're sitting around the thanksgiving table, let's check off what we're thankful for, as opposed to, no, 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 there she is, perfect. You could not have timed that any better. That was fantastic. Um, but when we approach Thanksgiving, not as something that we check off, but rather as something that, like, this is being obedient to the commands of our holy God, right? It changes the way that we engage. So this is our, this is our, emotional, uh, our emotional setting as we walk into today's text. So joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has enabled. And I, I was talking with Matt last week, and uh, I'm excited to spend, I think, most of the lesson today just kind of parked out on this little phrase, uh, enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance and the light. So this word enabled, um, this is an active verb. It means to enable or to qualify. And it's only used two times in the uh, Greek New Testament, this particular word. It's also used in 2 Corinthians 3.6. But this concept of to qualify reminds me of something big that's going to happen next year. So what, what, if you had to guess, like if you just at random, just from thin air with no reference point whatsoever, had to guess what big event is happening next year, like what big event, what do you think, Gracie? What do you think? Olympics. The Olympics, that's exactly right, the Olympics. Now, bonus points, and points are of no redeemable value, 
Uh, but bonus points, do you know what city the Olympics are happening in next year? Paris. Ah, it is Paris. Who said Paris? Well done. Well done. Yes, it is in Paris. And uh, I thought that we might uh, talk for just a second about how you get to participate in the Olympics. How do you get to participate in the Olympics? You wake up one morning and you go, I think I'll, uh, I think I'll play in the Olympics next week. Yeah, that's cool. Let's do it. Are they going to they let me do that? No. What do you have to do? You have to qualify. You have to qualify. Does anybody know how you qualify? Like the qualifications for different sports are unbelievably complex. And given where we are right now, and Mitch, I'm looking at you, given where we are right now in the sporting world, what the whole world is focused on, with the world championships of this sport concluding next month, what sport do you think I'm about to show a picture of for the illustration here today on qualifying? Uh, it, is, it is not soccer. So like what, if you had to pick any sport at random that you might be interested in, baseball, that's an absolutely not correct. Um, what, that landed exactly how I was hoping it would land. So there we go. All right. I feel happy now. Uh, well, so next year is what kind of Olympics, though? Summer. And I think they ought to have curling in the Summer Olympics. Like, that would be fantastic. I don't know. There's some cold spot in Paris somewhere, right? Shuff shuffleboard. I'm not there yet, okay? Like, it's curling, not shuffleboard. Uh, so what is this sport? Does anybody know? Trampoline. Uh, does any... It's, it's, yes, part of gymnastics. It is specifically trampoline. And the world championships in trampoline are actually next month. I, I learned this yesterday, okay? So just in case you're wondering, I don't follow trampoline. This is not my jam. But has anybody, and I, I tried to pick a sport, and there are an unbelievable number of sports in the Olympics. Like, I had no idea there were that many. There's, there's something for everybody. I don't know who this is for, but there's something for everybody. So has anybody ever, I, I wanted to ask a question, because I, I don't know, has anybody ever competed in trampoline? Zeke, your hand moved, and I was about to have, I was going to be so impressed, because I want the footage. <laughs> like, good, perfect. That's nice, nice line, nice line. Um, but, but e oh, don't, no, no, we're going to the next slide. We are getting Dave off the puns. We cannot do the puns today. But this is the qualification process for trampoline. You have to score, you have to rank so high in world championships or in the end, there is a World Cup of trampoline. Like this is on ESPN 8, the Ocho. Uh, so there you go. The, the Continental Championships, it's like, you like the reference, that was good. You got it? Excellent. There's two people awake this morning, so that's good. There's Continental Champ, which I have no idea, but we don't just get to show up and participate in the Olympics. Just like, and you know we're, we're going to bring this back to Jesus, right? Just like we don't just get to show up to heaven one day. Like, I'm here. Everything's great. Yay. Not on my merit at all. Not on, not on my merit at all. So uh, application here at the bottom of page 53 uh, for me is the Father qualifies. And we're going to have several of these st statements as we move through the next few pages here. The Father qualifies. Which is really amazing, right? And, and, and this specific word actually has a little bit more breadth to it than just qualifies. It's, it causes to be adequate. So it's, it's not just a, 
you qualify, like we're going we're gonna to put you in the group, but you really shouldn't be here. It's no, 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 no. Like you're, we've made you adequate for this particular event that's about to occur, which is great, right? Because if I show up somewhere and I know instantly that I don't belong, I feel weird about it. That is not what the Father does for us. The Father qualifies us in a way so that we do belong. And people who belong, guess what people who belong get? Well, that's on page 54. Rejoice is your personalization there. We're going to have that as a theme today too. So, He has qualified you to share in the saints' inheritance. Now, when you hear the word share, when you hear the word share, um, I think of a lot of different things when I hear the word share. And this is probably my favorite thing from Instagram. You guys have seen the Get Along shirt, right? Like the, like you're, okay. I'm just thankful. I don't know if my mom's watching this morning. I don't see her yet. But uh, I'm just thankful that my mom was not aware of this concept when I was a small child. Because we would have had a lot of time in a Get Along shirt. My sister uh, was a demon. Uh, and uh, is now the kindest, most wonderful person in the world, but she, she was just not as a, when we were little at all. And she was bigger than me. I was very sick as a small child, and she was 21 months younger. And uh, so it stunted my, my, my illness stunted my growth for several years. So she was bigger than I was for a lot of my childhood. And so when your little sister can beat you up, like, it's not cool, right? There's a lot of trauma that I should probably talk to somebody about this, but... but <laughs> When, when, we talk about, when we talk about enabled you to share, this is, not, like, this is not the picture that I want you to have in your head, right? This is not God forcing us to fit together in ways that nobody enjoys. This is the picture that I want uh, in your head. What I want is he's enabled us to share. So let me, let me ask you a question. So when they hand out gold medals, and they, they hand out gold medals to who, if you... Do they hand out gold medals to the person who comes in second or third? Or it's first, right? It's the first place gets gold medal. Okay, that's great. So the first place gets gold medal. What if, for this particular sport, these four athletes saw somebody that finished last and said, come on up, come on up, come on up. I want you to stand up here with me. You're going to share in what we got. Is that fair? It's not fair at all. Is it gracious? Yeah, it's really gracious. But that, like, that's not a good analogy for what God's doing here. So what if, what if these four athletes saw somebody in the crowd that didn't even participate in the sport like, and gave them a medal? That's actually not a good analogy either. What if, what if me watching from home in the middle, because they're going to put this on TV at some wonky time of day because it's in Paris, right? So the five-hour time difference, that's going to be weird. So me watching at home at 2 a.m. in the morning, watching probably not trampoline, just FYI. Um, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, are they going to call me up? Jim, can you, can you get here real quick? We'll, we'll send you a... Like, that's actually not a good analogy either. The better analogy is to go to a graveyard and find somebody who's dead. Because what the Father does is makes us alive in the person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is totally different. Totally different. We get to share in an inheritance that is completely and totally unfair to Christ. And he's good with it. Which, how do you not, how can we not then joyfully give thanks to the Father who has done this? 
This is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful work. So at the bottom of page 54, what does the father do? The father shares. This is what dads do, right? Any dads in the room that ever had to share something with a child? Any dads in the room that ever had to share something with a child you didn't really want to share at that particular moment? That's not our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven is looking for opportunities to share. And through that sharing shows us how beautiful and glorious our Lord Jesus Christ is. Just is magnificent. So it's not the get-along shirt here. This is totally different. To share in an inheritance. So why do we get an inheritance? We get an inheritance because of the person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Uh, actually, I'll push back just a smidge. Can I push back just a smidge? Is that okay? Cool. Uh, adequate there is adequate for acceptance into his family. And that is several times in the New Testament, uh, Christ is talked about as sufficient. We talk about the sufficiency of Christ. Uh, we actually don't need more than we need, which is a weird concept. We need just exactly what we need, and Christ meets that exact need. If we were more than what we needed, we would run the risk of being more than Christ. So the fact that the Father meets exactly our need is really, really good for us and good for the Son. Because... There's a lot of people in the universe that I might want to outclip. I ain't outclipping Jesus. <laughs> like, that's not happening. <laughs> it's not happening. So it's a, it's a beautiful sufficiency there. It's a beautiful sufficiency. All right, so we got this. Uh, we share. So the Father uh, qualifies. The Father shares. We come to page 55. Uh, in the light. So we get this, the saint's inheritance in the light. So let's talk about Colossae again for just a second. Where was Colossae? It's in Asia, right? Uh, is Colossae a religious town? Yes. And the general theme of the Colossian, not, not the church at Colossae, but the general theme of the Colossian religious scene was yes. I will say yes to any and everything. We will mix a little of this and a little of this. And y'all know my great, great detest for... Uh, you know where I'm going here, right? We, when, you, when you go to ugh, a restaurant and there's a long stretch of things that you self-serve, there's not a sneeze guard big enough to make me comfortable with that concept of a buffet. I don't want a buffet. If you invite me to a buffet, I will come and I will say, thank you so much, that's wonderful. And I will all of a sudden get a stomach illness that prevents me from consuming any food because I'm not playing with that. It's just, nope, not interested. The Colossian religious scene was a buffet. I'll take a little of this and I'll take a little of this and I'll take a little of this and I'll take a little of this. The syncretism of everything's good. We'll take it all in. And it feels like that is an enlightened, intelligent, cognitively challenging, ooh, that's really neat kind of viewpoint. And in the reality, it is utter and complete darkness. Because when we reject the light of the world for anything else, 
what we are left with is darkness. But the really cool thing with darkness is how do you overcome darkness? If you walk into a place and it's dark, what do you do? You turn on the lights. And who is Paul about to go into an extended discussion about? He's about to go into an extended discussion about the light of the world, which is exactly what the Colossians need in a dark place. And I don't, I don't know, I'm not going to get into a, a political conversation, but I don't know what you believe about where we are in the world today. I would not argue it is brimming with light. Okay? It, I, there's not a lot of things that, that I look at and I read and I go, that is amazing, that is wonderful, like, that is really good news, just brimming all over the... Uh, I don't know. But Jesus is still the answer today for us. So we get to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. And then we come to verse 13, and it says, He. So let me ask you this question. Who is the He? From the context, who is the He? It's the Father, yes. So the Father has rescued us. The Father has rescued us. Which we don't necessarily always think about that being the father's role. We think often about that being the son's role, right? Hear about the son is the savior, the rescuer. The father rescues us as well. And what you'll find is the entire trinity is involved in pretty much most of the actions that God is engaging with. So application at the bottom of page 55 is the father rescued the Father rescued. So the Father qualifies, the Father shares, the Father rescues. Personalization here again is rejoice. This gives us cause for rejoicing. Um, Philip Melanchthon. I'm going back in the, we're, we're going back, 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 back. I mean, this is like old school reference here. And if you don't know who, does anybody have, like I've never heard that name before, Philip Melanchthon. All right, I'm going to recommend a resource to you, and it is October, and there's a very significant day coming up this week, uh, and you should be aware of what is coming up this week, what is coming up on Tuesday. It's the 506th anniversary of the Reformation. It's going to be Halloween. Come on, guys. You not know your church history? This is important. It was something that Martin Luther took his 95 Reese's Pieces and nailed them to the Wittenberg door, and now we give out candy. And like, no, 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 not at all. All right, so if you, if you don't know who Philip Melanchthon is, uh, I would recommend uh, this particular podcast. Uh, Desiring God put out a podcast six years ago for the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. We, I don't know if you guys remember, for 2017, we went through the uh, book of Romans the entire year because, like, 500, that sounded cool. And what I realized was I needed about 20 years to go through Romans. And it was just, it hurt my neck. Every week I got whiplash. Uh, but the Here We Stand podcast is 31 episodes long. And each episode is five to seven minutes. And they will take a person from the Reformation era and give you a five, six, seven minute overview of who they were, what they did, how we can be grateful to God for how God used that particular person. So I'll give you a, a quick bio on Philip Melanchthon. I'm about to use one of his quotes. I don't like to just drop somebody in and halo them into the, the class from a quote. I want to give you some background on them. So Melanchthon was a child prodigy. Uh, he showed up at Wittenberg, the same place where Luther was teaching, uh, at 21, 
and at 22, he was teaching Greek. So, Dave, I know you have a seminary degree. Yes, that's awesome. Uh, were any of your seminary professors in Greek 22? No. <laughs> You're like, they, 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 and they, with a chuckle, that long in the tooth. There you go, right. Um, so even at this point, this was really amazing. So he shows up at Wittenberg, I think it was uh, 1519, uh, 1520, something like that. Erasmus, the guy who put together the Greek and the Latin New Testament, so he, he was the first one that really took all the original materials and made a modern, ed- modern, 1517, right? Uh, a modern, uh, understandable, readable version of the New Testament in a language that scholars could then go study. The problem was nobody knew Greek. Melanchthon did. So Calvin is teaching theology. Melanchthon is teaching Greek. Erasmus provides them a text. And you bring these three together, and at Wittenberg, you get this amazingly rich, educated, clear, we have a Bible, and they send them out. And the Reformation explodes. And Melanchthon is actually credited with taking Calvin's work, who, uh, this is going to be a weird comparison, but for those of you that know Daryl Davenport, Calvin was kind of a Daryl Davenport. Calvin described himself as swinging with an axe. Uh, Brian is much more of a Philip Melanchthon. Calvin described Melanchthon as cutting with a scalpel. So God takes both of these men, puts them in the same spot, and does amazing work. So I say all that to say, you're going to start hearing some Philip Melanchthon quotes. So just FYI. The first one here is about this rescued. If somebody who had been shipwrecked knew for sure that he could swim to safety, he would not fear for his life, but would be cheerful. I'm overboard! Bring it. (laughs) If you couldn't drown, would you fear the water? If you couldn't get injured in the water, would you fear the water? It's kind of weird, right? Like, if you take away all the, like, I'm nervous about this, well, the... If you take away the fear, there's nothing to fear. Does this make sense? God has rescued us. We've already been dead, guys. What, are we going to go be dead again? No, we're not. It's really amazing. <laughs> He's rescued us. And then the last word on page 55 is, what's he rescued us from? So Paul's about to tell the Colossians where they were before the rescue. And this is really important. From the domain of darkness. Now, this word domain is uber tricky to translate because it means a bunch of different things. It's highly dependent upon context, as most words are, but it's got a really broad semantic range. So it can mean a a lot of different things very widely. And one of the things that we can do when you see a word that has a broad semantic range, it can mean a lot of things, is we look at the sentence that it's in to see what the context looks like. So let me just read this sentence. So he has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son he loves. So he's comparing and contrasting the place they were with the place they are, right? So that gives us some framework to look at how do we think about this domain of darkness. So this word shows up three other times in Colossians, in 1.16, in 2.10, in 2.15. It's always translated authority or authorities. And 
Uh, some, of the, some of the translations will actually translate this word the power of darkness or the rule of darkness. But Melanchthon actually, and his, his is the only commentary that I have found this perspective in. Melanchthon says this, Paul does not say that we are delivered from darkness, but from the power of darkness. He does not promise them you're going to only and always be in the light now. He's like, no, 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 no. The darkness just isn't in control of you. You're in a different kingdom now. You're in a different family now. You're in a different place now, spiritually, not physically. So if you look around and we look around and we see dark places that we are in, that we go into, thank you, brother, for doing that work. That's okay. We're not home yet. And if I could sing, I would say we're just passing through, but I can't sing, so... There you go. You'll have to listen. So we're delivered from the sting of death. Yes, that's exa- we're delivered from all sorts of things. But right here, the idea is this, this family, this control, this oversight, this authority is not, what is, uh, is not what is pressing us right now. So from this domain of darkness. Now, I, I will tell you this. The first, the first definition of this word darkness is shadiness. It, it doesn't mean what the word shady means right now in our popular culture. It literally means a place that doesn't have light. So when you see something that looks a little funny in the Strong's definitions, uh, Dr. Strong was accused of many things. Having a sense of humor was not one of them. So he did not put jokes into his concordance. Like That is not what he is about. So from this domain of darkness... Remember, he's just talked about the inheritance in the light. So again, we're contrasting the light and the dark here. From this domain of darkness and transferred us, which is another action of the Father. So application in the bottom of page 56, the Father transferred. So the Father has now qualified, shared, rescued, and transferred And I am not 100% sure that we give God the Father enough airtime for the work that he specifically does in the life of a believer. We give a lot of airtime to our Lord Jesus Christ, as we should. Jesus is Lord. There is one and only one. We give more airtime now, I think, to the Holy Spirit, which is great the active influence and working member of the Trinity in our lives. But the Father is not fiddling his fingers, doing nothing. Like the Father is active. So the Father transfers, so we can rejoice, this is good. But not just transfers us anywhere, he transfers us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. So what does the Son have on page 57 in the Teal book? What does the Son have here? The Son has what? He has the love of the Father. He also has a what? A kingdom. So if the Son has a kingdom, what is the Son? A king, yes. Like you, you don't get a kingdom without being a king. Like when, when King Charles took the throne, guess what he got? A kingdom. <laughs> like This is the way this works. So don't miss the fact of this beautiful theological point that Paul is making about our Lord Jesus Christ, because our Lord Jesus Christ is a king. 
Is he our brother? Yes. My brother's the king of kings. <laughs> what am I scared of? Right? I mean, if, if you're walking through England and you are the brother of the king, this, is gonna, this went a very bad direction very quickly. You see where I'm going with this? Like, there is a lot of uh, confidence and authority and potential for really stupid actions that can take place if you are, you, you see where I'm going with this? So we should not be looking and thinking of this as, look at me, how amazing I am. My brother's the king. No, 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 no. Remember how we started this text emotionally, joyfully giving thanks to the Father. Thank you, 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 Father. Because did we deserve to be qualified? Did we deserve to be shared with? Did we deserve to be rescued? Did we deserve to be transferred? No, not a bit. And then, and Paul does, I don't think Paul does this very often, but he saves what I would argue as the best for last on page 57. The kingdom of the Son he loves. You know what else the Father does? The Father loves. And this, oh, this is beautiful. This should cause us to rejoice. So how long, let me ask you a, a theology question, how long has the Father been loving the Son? As long as they've existed. How long have they existed? You're worried about your grammar here. Yes, you should be. I should be. That's exactly right. Uh, maybe for all time, always. Maybe I'll say it that way. Nothing. Nothing. Nobody watches Loki. Come on, guys. Come on. All right. If you want a book to walk you through, the, the, just to absolutely enjoy a study of the Trinity, my favorite book on the Trinity is this one. This is Delighting in the Trinity. They've just come out with a second edition uh, by Michael Reeves. And he talks about, for probably 50 or 60 pages, what was... What are you laughing at, Julie? Okay. He's talking about, for 50 or 60 pages... What was going on amongst the Trinity before in the beginning? And the crazy thing, and Bill Brandenburg's constantly telling me this, before is actually the wrong word in that sentence. We don't have a word in our language to describe before. Because in the beginning, that's when time was created. So how do you describe the thing that was before the thing that how we measured what's before? And I don't know how to say it, right? When there was only God, this book talks about, from the Scripture, very, very clearly, very plainly, what was going on, which I think is a fantastic study. So, there's your book recommendation for the day. Then we get to page 58. <clears throat> Verse 14. In Him, who is this? Now we've transitioned. All right. So we've kind of gotten through this transition period of verse 12 and 13, talking about the Father. Now we're talking about in Him, this is our Lord Jesus Christ. We have 
redemption. This is a present active. This is ongoing. This is ongoing. This is not a past tense. This is right now. And this is really important because the implication here from the grammar is that our salvation is an ongoing thing, which is really good. We, we actively have salvation because of the Father's qualifying, sharing, rescuing, transferring, and loving. So our salvation is not dependent upon our work, but rather what God has done to and for us, which is just absolutely beautiful. So in Him we have redemption. Now this is not a word we use a lot, but what does redemption mean? Anybody know? A ransom. So, so <clears throat> what about like ransom? What's a ransom? Payment, right? When do we typically think about the word uh, ransom? Kidnapping, right? Why is that word especially right for this context? Because we've just talked about where were we in the darkness? Where are we now in the light? There had to be a ransom paid. But get this, get this. Ah, this one. You, you thought we were going to get through this lesson without a John Davenant quote, didn't you? No, we're not. We're not. Although the devil held us captives, the price of our redemption was offered as a satisfaction to God, not the devil. Have you ever heard of a ransom being paid to not the kidnappers? Like, that makes no sense unless you own it all. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes, there's, there's all sorts of, like, but there was a transaction, right? What was the price? Christ, That's exactly right. The price was Christ. In Him, in Christ, we have redemption. My application at the bottom of page 58 is, Our Lord Jesus Christ redeems His own. He redeems His own. This is beautiful. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, absolutely. He didn't swoon. He didn't sleep. He was dead. But not for long. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. The redemption, the forgiveness of sin. The forgiveness here is God's solution. The sin is man's problem. So, Application for me at the bottom of page 59 will end with this. Christians sinned and are forgiven. Christians sinned and are forgiven. Remember, he's writing this to the Colossians. These are people who are being bombarded with all sorts of negative from all sides. Oh, I, don't, I didn't show you the second half. Here's the other half of the quote. It rested with God either to condemn or to absolve. God is abundantly satisfied in the death of Christ for the sins of the whole world. Beautiful. Just beautiful. He is satisfied. He is satiated. There is no more anger. There is no more condemnation. There is no more frustration. There is no irritation. There is no disappointment. There is no displeasure. There is no anything negative toward the believer from the Father because Christ has satisfied it all. 
This is good news. This is good news. So since Christians sinned and are forgiven, what should we remember? We should remember and rejoice. Personalization. Remember and rejoice. Remember I did not do this and rejoice that I did not do this. <laughs> These are good, healthy responses for us to have. All right. So almost three whole verses today. That was incredible, right? This lightning fast pace that we're going here. I'm just going to have to slow down just a smidge. So. I think we will. We'll probably take about two verses a week, maybe, the next few weeks as we work through this Christ hymn uh, and just r roll around and relish in the gospelicious goodness uh, of our Lord Jesus. Do you like that? That is pretty good, yes. I like that too. That was stolen from somebody on Twitter. So it's like the only thing I ever saw on Twitter that was good was that. So, all right. Uh, so you should have your weekly update at your table. So if you would, lean in, engage, pray over those prayer requests, uh, make sure your name is jotted down at the bottom uh, on the back side so that we can take attendance. And with that, you are free to pray and then go and worship this one who is worthy of worship for all he and the Father and the Spirit have done for us. So thanks for coming today, guys. Thanks for engaging. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and weekly email. You can subscribe to all three of those at OurSundaySchool.com. Grace and peace to you.